Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the questionable parent, Dr. Glenna Rice, joining me here today. And we got a special show too with Stephanie Richardson joining us here. I was just telling Glenna, Benny, during the break, I said, Glenna, you are psychic. I know you are. You have to be. There's no way that you could have pulled this topic, promises, obligation, and choice. What creates more? And maybe Stephanie had something to do with that. And, and three days ago, literally three days, what day is today? Monday? Yeah, Friday. I pulled out four binders of the research that I did on broken promises. Now, why did I do that? I don't know why. Oh, Glenna hates when I do that question, but I just, it, it is a why question because maybe it's a what else is possible question. Dr. Glenna Rice joining me here today. You know what? Beyond being the rock star of what else is possible here, she is somebody that is taking a message out into the world and helping understand that we don't have to live in the probability of things. See, that probability is like a statistical deal. What if we could live in the possibility of things? And how does that change our lives? We'll get ready for this today. Beyond being an access uh, consciousness facilitator, beyond being somebody who travels the world, she's like halfway across the world right now, it's about creating ease and joy, working with parents, working with children, working with all of us to help us understand that we can be the gift that we give in the world. Now, today, we're bringing Stephanie Richardson to the forefront with us as well, a certified facilitator of Access Consciousness, worldwide photographer, and guess what? Multimedia creator. But beyond all of that, how do these two ladies come together? What is it about her being the host of Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong? I love that. What is it about these two that come together to, in the world to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's another little spectrum of a possibility we can talk about today. So get ready for this, right? We're talking about making choices regardless of obligations or promises. I don't know. I got a hot flesh just thinking about that, ladies. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having us on, Dr. Pat. Um, Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. I know. So, Glenna, let's talk about this. This is really an amazing topic for today. And let, let me have you talk a little bit about how did you both meet? You know, what is it? that, you know, happened where you kind of bumped into Stephanie, she bumped into you, and now here, here the three of us are. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, Steph, um, Stephanie, I've known her for quite a few years for, mm. um, through access, the access work, and we've just teamed up with another wonderful facilitator, Blossom Benedict, to do a class this summer together, um, the foundation class for access. That, um, and we're going to be doing it as a five-day living the foundation class, which is going to be really phenomenal with lots of other activities going on in Michigan. So um, we've kind of been hanging out more since we started to do this class together, but we've seen each other all around the world for years and years. You want to add something, Stephanie? Yeah, that? Stephanie, what did you think? How did you, how did you meet Glenna? Well, it's interesting. I ran into the, um, the, the work and the tools of access consciousness after years of seeking and doing body work. And, um, and so this was a continuation of my own personal you know, search, regardless of what I could offer other people, I've always been on the forefront of what can I add to my life? And then if I can pass that on to other people, then I would love to do that too. Um, so she was part of my own personal search with body work. Um, and I had done a lot of body work in my time. And Glenna was one of the first people that had a really, really different perspective on working with bodies. Um, and that was that you can actually work with your body instead of try and fight your body to get it to become something that you think you want, that you can actually work with your body, just like you can work with your life. And that was a really different perspective. And so I became a big fan of Glenna's, um, the first time I did a class with her and then I travel the world in concentric circles with her. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. and so, so it's been really fun. And then it, when we were in South Africa with Blossom Benedict, who has, um, who also does an amazing body of work, we started talking about what it would be like if the three of us got together and facilitated one class with the different perspectives that each one of us have from the different set of, you know, experiences that we have in our life and the way that we work with people to give them these tools. Cause the way we each work with them is very different. Uh, so we were like, if we combine those powers, what would happen? <laughs> <laughs> very cool. <laughs> well, it is because, you know, it's interesting now, you know, one of the things I'm really struck by, by the way things are changing in the world is, and I don't know if this is true for everyone, but I, I am watching more and more women come together in such a collaborative way, you know, really rewriting the script for how to get things done. Uh, and yet at the same time, we can stay and become individuals as well. Um, and this is such a fascinating topic, right? You know, we're yeah. talking about making choices regardless of obligations or promises. And I, I just would like somebody to just explain that for a minute. You know, what that means, making choices regard, regardless of obligations or promises. Well, it's making, having your whole life be from choice. Um, and promises and obligations tend to lock you up into things. So if there's change that happens in your life or the people you've made promises or obligations to, then you're stuck with something that may not be working for anybody anymore, but because you made it into an obligation or a promise, you can't get out of it without it having to be really difficult. And a choice is something you create in every 10 seconds. You're always choosing um, constantly during the day in all the things you're creating. And the promises and obligations can stop the choice you actually have available. Yeah, the other thing I would love to add about that is that when when you go directly into, I have to do this because it's a promise, I have to do this because it's an obligation, 
it actually takes you away from like how many women have what they call women's intuition. They know when something's up for other people. They know when something's up for their kids. And yet at the same time, we don't often use that in everyday choices that we've already decided that we're obligated to. So what, what this is, is even when there's something that you've promised, even when there's something that you've said you'd, you'd obligate yourself to that, what you do is still maintain all of that awareness that you have about everything going on in your life, in the lives of others, in the lives of your kids. And you get to ask a new question. Does this actually work for us? And a lot of times what I've found is that even when there are things that I've, you know, either scheduled or promised that if it feels really bad to do it, if I reach out to the other people that are also going, well, we obligate, we said we would do this. We promised we would show up. If you actually reach out to them and just ask a new question, Hey, does today still work for you? So many times when it has felt terrible in my world or really doesn't work, or there's something else comes up that would be a great opportunity. When I reach out and ask, what I find is that the other people are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you called. It, it wasn't going to work for me, but I was doing everything I could to fit it in. And so you go, oh, is there another day that would work better? Yeah, two days from now, and you look at your schedule and it's completely clear. And all of a sudden, this thing that was a burden for everyone that you thought you were doing everyone a favor by showing up for. (laughs) When you actually just ask a new question, a new possibility opens up and everybody sighs a sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, it's about keeping those. It's not about breaking promises. The other choice isn't the opposite side of the coin. The, the new choice is actually asking what might work better. Yeah. What would create more? Mm-hmm. Or what would create more, but you're absolutely right. And you know, if we don't even have that conversation about that brings that to the table, yeah. right? Like what would create more? Um, then the whole idea is that, wait a minute, that's a broken promise. And so it's really the place where we get into some really deep trouble here around obligation and promises because people, you know, believe that we're not showing up to do something from a point of view that may or may not be correct from what they're seeing. But what you're talking about is, wait a minute, what if we all, what if we all could choose? What if there was no victim here in the conversation, right? Yeah. 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 There's, and, and people will use your promises or obligations against you, even if things are changing from that point of view that they're a victim of this terrible thing that happened. Um, but when Stephanie was talking, when it's really when you really have a conversation about what works for everybody, you'll find that it works out better than you can imagine most of the time. I mean, I don't know how many times I've had schedules in my physical therapy practice where I thought I was running late for something and trying yeah. to rush out the door, and you know, this promise that I'm in this, this the appointment's going to be at a certain time, and feeling really strange about it, and then getting the phone call from the person, and they're stuck in traffic, or they're not going to make it at the appointment at that time, and I'm going, oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I was actually perceiving the whole time. That was the awareness I had, was that it actually wasn't working for anybody. And so often when these promises or obligations aren't working, it's because we're not choosing what would work greater for everybody. And we're not asking questions at all about what would work for us. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about what these things really are, obligations and promises. One of the things that I discovered along the way is we think a promise is if I say to you, uh, Glenna, I'm going to show up at my appointment, that there we go. There's an obligation that gets formed between us. But we forget this other thing, this implied sense of things. You know, this implied sense of, wait a minute, I've worked for you for 30 years and you know what? Even though you didn't say that you would give me a pension, I certainly thought I would get it. And so there are so many layers of this in opportunities for clarity and confusion, right? So from your perspective, that word obligation it is a really strong word, but we actually do believe that pe- that people are obligated to give us stuff, right? It, That's that, really- and when, yeah, that is. And for an employer not to give the pension that they had promised the employee, you know, there's also this other question is like, what's required here? Oh. What's honoring the other person? I mean, those are also part of being questioned with this. Because promises could always be broken. But if you're in choice all the time and there's there's something that is actually required from you as an employer, um, then it's there's there's this more of an ease in in gifting or being the energy of an employer that is going to be giving um, attention to someone and to be honoring the other people. Like with a promise, you can break it and you're totally dishonoring. If you're in the question all the time of what's required, what's honoring of this person, you're not going to be creating it the same way. It's going to be creating something that creates more. And to always be in that question, what would create more for everyone? Taking someone's pensions away, pension away after 20 years of working for you is not something that honors or creates more for anybody. Right. Right. Well, I, it, I these are powerful words, though, right, Stephanie? They are. And there was something that you said that yeah. I just kind of wanted to pull out a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and this was the place where you talked about the implied. Yeah implied um implied what it what was the obligations yeah implies um, that you know yeah things that whether, no one ever told you they would do yeah. that you just assume <laughs> that they will do and i think that this is a brilliant brilliant place to use some tools to actually look at your own life cuz when we do that when we put expectations on other people to show up in a certain way or to give us certain things um we see this in even in relationships all the time you think a relationship means someone will give you x y and z and they think being in a relationship means that they'll give you a b and c so this obligation you have between one another ends up failing terribly because the agreement doesn't match on either side. So if a person, you know, someone employs someone and they said, well, I never said I would give them a pension, but the other person goes, everyone gets a pension. (laughs) The person who says everyone gets a pension will end up in the victim role to their own expectations, but it will look like their employer is bad. So this is a place to me where when we start using tools of asking our own self questions, do I expect anything here that this person hasn't actually said that they were going to (laughs) offer? And those are the places that we get to have new conversations. So you go, wow, do I expect something of this person that A, they don't appear to be delivering um, or B, do I expect something of this person here um, that they've never said they would give me. If I expect that, I wonder if I need to ask a new question. I wonder if there's a way that I could actually approach this 
that would create what I'd like to have in my life, or at least let me know now so that I can make different plans. So then you're actually caring for you. So this obligation thing takes you out of caring for you in a really dynamic way. Whereas if you constantly stay in the question, wow, is there anything I need to take into consideration here to make sure that I'm caring for my own future and include you in all your choices? And that's really what the promises and, you know, not making your promises and obligations more valuable than creating a life that works for you and everyone. Because yeah. what, what are you actually trying to do with a promise? What are you actually trying to do with an obligation? We're trying to honor people. But so many times those promises and obligations or the expectations thereof aren't actually honoring. So this is just rewriting how you honor yourself. Like it's actually re realigning everyone with, wow, if I'm trying to honor this other person and I'm trying to honor me, what would my life look like? What would this decision look like? What would this you know, business look like and, and walking into the businesses that you're working with or your own business and going, you know, if I, if I didn't have the obligation to have the job that I think I have (laughs) my own, my own job description, this job description I've made up somewhere along the way, if I didn't have that job description and I just looked around today at the business, would I even do my job the same? Or would I look at what was required in the office and actually go, oh, wow, you know what? I don't need to do this report today nearly as much as there's like eight things going on in this office that aren't working well for anyone. I wonder what I can contribute to that changing. Wow. I mean, isn't this really the, the, such an important place for us, which if we really step out in this place, that we will save ourselves some real heartbreak because many of us, you know, listening to this right now, you know, we get into a place where a, we don't recognize that we actually have a choice about the situation, right? B we recognize, or we want to hold somebody account accountable, right? So we go from the word obligation, the word promise. Now we go to a word called accountability, Right. Because we haven't sat down and even had a conversation about possibilities. Now we're going down the path of, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can I trust you? So is this, you know, your experience where we can get into some emotional, uh, get into some emotional trouble if we don't have some tools here? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, it's it's um, interesting with obligation is being, from being a parent. I know when I first started um, doing the access work, right? You're obligated to raise your children. It's um, you're legally obligated to raise children, and you can come to there. So much resentment can be created at times when you're wanting to create other things in your life, and that whole entire point of view that you start resenting creates judgments of you as a mother, judgments of your children and what they're doing, and expectations that may not have anything to do with what would work for you in your life or your kid's life. And when I was able to change the point of view and get and get to the awareness of that I actually chose to be a mother. Like it may not have looked the way I thought it would or I expected it would. It actually, I was creating something different and it was something that I chose. All of the resentment just disappeared. And I, it was probably one of the greatest changes in my life when I started doing access to access was to get rid of that point of view that it was from an obligation instead of a choice that I was raising my children. And it created a completely different way of how I was with them and created so much more in all, both of, all of our lives. 
especially mine, because now I could actually create my life also, not from this place that I had to obligate to them, but instead I was creating a family that was working for everybody, that considered everybody and created for everybody, and they were a contribution to it too. So it, it completely turned it around for me. Yeah. You know, Stephanie, I want to ask you this question about, um, you know, the journey that each of us gets to take in this world of setting up uh, one of my other favorite words, expectations, because I, I guess I'm I'm one of these folks where I actually believe that expectations are important to have. Don't you think we get into a little bit of trouble when an expect expectation turns out it, it turns out to be something we have? Uh, where we believe that expectation is going to be an outcome. And if it's not going to be that specific outcome, well, then the whole thing is really failing, right? So I've heard more often than not, people say, you know what? Don't have expectations. Don't have expectations. How does expectations figure into this idea of choice? How does expectations figure into choice? Ooh, I love that. Um, well, the first thing, when you said expectations are important, that does actually make me want to ask, first of all, so what do expectations create? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think what happens is we've been taught that if you have an expectation, let's say, of yourself, that, you know, I'm going to expect that I um, show up this way, or I'm going to expect me to be a good person, or I'm going to expect, what are some of the typical expectations that we have? And that, this is where people can do it sure. now. Like, what expectations do you have of yourself? Um, and in those places where we have expectations, the problem with them is that you can either meet them or fail. Yeah. That's what you get. Right. You get to meet them or you get to fail. There is no other option <laughs> and there's nowhere to go with it either. If you didn't meet it, you failed. And then you're like, well, I'm a failure and I guess right. I can try again, but I'm already a failure. Um, now I can expect that I probably won't fulfill my expectations, but I'm still going to try and expect it of me anyway. <laughs> and, and that's, I think where the, the problem is. Um, and two with other people when, you know, we really care about people and we start creating these you know, relationships where we expect people to show up in a certain way. And it's the same for them. They can either meet the expectation or they can fail. And now in our eyes, they're a failure. How do they, how do they change that? How do they ever, you know, get around that or create something different with us? Whereas if we, if we actually function from choice in every moment, what happens is in those relationships, we get to go, oh, what would I, well, if I was actually choosing for me, what would I choose right now? So in that moment, if I have an expectation of someone to show up at a certain time, for instance, this can be a big one with people yeah. where they expect people to show up on time. Um, and we expect that. And then they don't show up on time. So right. they fail. So then we ex still expect them to show up on time the next time. And they also fail. And right. so now they're becoming a failure in our eyes. And it's something they can't overcome. Um, and then on the flip, on, and then it keeps going on. And now, you know, we form this resentment. So sometimes what we'll do is we'll set the time. We'll know that they're going to be late. But then we do something like come home early to make sure that we're there on time. While knowing, knowing full well that the person's going to be late. So we're actually setting ourselves up for resentment and right. hatred and ultimate failure of relationships. Whereas if we 
we've in um, in the foundation class that we'll be facilitating coming up in July. One of the things we talk about is trust, but we talk about trust in a very very different way, and that is instead of trusting people to do either what comes out of their mouth or trust them to do what we think they should do, right. you trust them to do what they do. So when someone shows up late regularly, instead of rushing home, either hoping that they'll make the expectation we have or secretly hoping that they don't because we'd like to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. What we can do instead is go, wow, they show up late. I'm having a good time where I am. If I actually had choice and I wasn't holding myself to the expectation that I show up on time all the time, then what could I choose here? I could actually choose to stay here with my friends a little while longer. I could choose to stay here for another 15 minutes. I could enjoy myself or I could start asking questions. Oh, is it time to leave now? If I leave now, what will my life be like? And we use this like energetic um, awareness that we have. I talked earlier about, you know, women's intuition. Well, if I leave yeah. now, what would that create? If I leave yeah. in five minutes, what would that create? If I leave in 15 minutes, what would that, oh, 15 minutes actually feels really fun. <laughs> and so then you start trusting you, you trust honoring, uh, you start honoring you. And now you're no longer looking to those expectations to create your life. Now you're actually, you're actually living your life. It's a much more dynamic way to live a life. <laughs> yeah, because the other way around, we're question. trying to solve yeah. a problem. We're yeah. in a problem. We're knee deep in a problem. That's (laughs) it. We're not saying it though. We're not like, oh, I got a problem right here. Because, you know, honestly, if we're sitting out with our friends and we're having a conversation, you say, oh my gosh, I've got this problem now. I I don't know whether to come. I don't know whether to go. I don't want to stay. I don't know where to leave. Your friends would be looking at you. What? Is that really what's going on in your mind right now? Is that really it? Because now here we are in the middle of trying to solve a problem, totally not present to whatever we're doing. So now we've got a double, let's just call it our little double negative. Glenda loves when I do this, right? So this is so not access consciousness dialogue. But this is it. We're in our double negative because staying gives us a problem. Going gives us a problem. And either way, we are the victim of our lives, right? So when we come back, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to let everybody know how you can find out more about Stephanie, about Glenna, but also about the upcoming class. And do you have a question about this? Are you stuck in between your promise, your obligation, and your expectation? Would you like to have a new way to handle that? Because I'm telling you, there is another way to do this. But if you are like right there, stuck in the middle, that's like a song, 1-800-930-2819. Why don't you give us a shout, get a little help on how to get yourself unstuck. When we come back, we're going to tell you more about the upcoming class, the tele, the telecalls that Glenna does, and much more, everybody. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine. It's always surprising where we feel like a victim. We hate that word, but it's a chance to shift that energy where we want something out there to fix us. We are coming from within with the shift. When we find these spots, we get alarmed, but we can allow source, our higher self, 
and our will to change that intention into empowerment. Choose today to allow that. Choose to forgive yourself and choose to be totally responsible. Are you ready to shift into your best life? Visit LeslieFontaine.com and let's talk about unfolding all that you want to be, do, and have. You'll find sessions, classes, and audio products to help remove the blocks and move you into your potential. And listen to my show, Sheer Alchemy, on Transformation Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 10 Pacific, 1 Eastern. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer Radio Show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Have you ever tried to make lifestyle changes but had difficulty following through? Imagine what it would be like to get up each morning with energy, clarity, and motivation to tackle the day. If you want to get past limiting barriers that are preventing you from living your best life, join holistic health and wellness coach T. Carrie Mitchell each month on The Dr. Pat Show or visit Lifestyle120.com today and start to receive the personal attention you deserve. Abundance Takes Flight continues for the month of May. If you missed the extraordinary event in person, you will not want to miss this video. Make a donation to ShareWheel via AbundanceTakesFlight.org. That's AbundanceTakesFlight.org and receive your life-changing video from Lynn M. Brown. Eight things directly from the mouth of money. You can also view the list of vendors who are gifting 50% off their proceeds to ShareWheel when you mention this ad for the month of May. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I, yeah, that's probably more than you guys asked for. Uh, for those of you out there who want to call into the show, 1-800-930-2819, we'll take your calls. You know, part of this is really getting some tools that you may or may not have. But what I want to say about it is that once you get these tools, the way you look at the world really opens up. And that's really what I love about this. And and for for me... In just working with Glenna over time, you know, it's been about all of us here on the team, you know, not stuck in the middle of a problem and trying to solve it. But what else is what else is possible here? So, you know, over the weekend, the network crashes. Right. So what do we do? Of course, we have to get that resolved. But instead of thinking, oh, it must be this, it must be that you got to get to the place where you say what else is possible. So you you get this information download and you perhaps might do something or say something or at least explore something you never have. 
that's what today's show is about. Before we get back to this, if each of you could please give us information so folks can find out more about you and then tell us a bit about the classes you've got coming up. Yeah, to find me, it's easy. GlennaRice.com is my website. Um, Stephanie has StephanieRichardson.com. So just our names.com. Yeah, that's easy too. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the class we're doing, the, it's um, the Living the Foundation, and we have the LivingTheFoundation.com website you can go to find out all the information about the class coming up in July. Stephanie, what are the dates? I'm four in the morning here and I didn't pull up my calendar. Um, that is a great question. I believe it's the 20, I will look it up so that I don't give people oh. the wrong dates. I believe it's the 21st through the 25th. Yes, of July in uh, yeah. Michigan. Yeah. And it's going to be, the, so the days are going to be the foundation class. It's July 22nd through the 26th, right? Living the yeah. foundation? Yes. That's correct. That's I, I got it. Yep. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Pat, for being on top of things. Um, yeah, and we're going to be doing the foundation access, the foundation, the core class of access during the days, and then the evenings are going to be filled with, Stephanie's going to be doing some um, photography workshops. I have a dance workshop and some, the Essie body class that I do, we're going to do an intro to that. Um, Blossom Benedict does Right Voice for You, a wonderful class to start to get your singing voice, your talking voice um, opened up. So you can be more with that beautiful, beautiful class. Um, what else do we, ha do we have on the agenda? Well, I just want to tell everybody how they can find out more about it because I'm just looking at this now, right? Because the website yeah. I have is livingthefoundation.com. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. How cool is this? So if you all go to livingthefoundation.com, you're going to see like really cool. I'm just, these people are like so happy. I'm just looking at these people <laughs> in this website. And they're like drawing and they're just, it's just like happy. And then there's like a little dog with a life jacket on. Um, and so uh, what else should people know? Because everything's here, right? It says mm -hmm. where it is. Uh, I love that you're calling this a five-day adventure. That is very cool. Very cool. Um, and then, by the way, they can find out more. And if, if you want to find out additional information, if you go to this website, go ahead and go here. But also, you can also go to Access Consciousness uh, website as well and lots of information. Um, you know, you, you all travel the world, right? You know, yes. coast to coast in the United States, but you also travel glo globally. So I want to just give a shout out for our, our, our Australia folks that tune into the show uh, just so you know. Australia is also a place. And so the best way to find out about that, you can also go to drglennarice.accessconsciousness.com and find out lots, lots more about that. And of course, stephanierichardson.com. So we're going to make sure you have lots of information. It's very, very cool. Um, thank you both for being here. And, you know, this is a conversation that's near and dear to my heart. You know, I did not have the tools that you all are talking about. Uh, to help along the way, especially when I was, when I was, when I was knee deep in research about this. But I will tell you, let's talk about trust because I cannot point to a single time that um, in in the research I did on this about promises and obligations, not a single time where the story that was told was a pleasant one. You know, some of the kind of emotional trauma that people have 
from promises and obligations and not really exploring that idea of possibility, it is really devastating for folks. What have you all discovered in taking this out into the world? Stephanie, what have you discovered when you take this out and you talk to people about this, right? What are the, some of the mm-hmm. stories you hear? Well, one, one of the stories that I hear over and over and over again is one of the, oh, the cultural implicit <laughs> ideals yeah. of what people should deliver to one another. And that is whether it's in the business world or whether it's right. in relationships that other people should honor us. And we love that idea and we love living with it. And so over and over again, the story that I really hear the most is where we've wanted so much to believe that things work out and that other people are looking out for our best interest, that they're thinking of us actively and actively working to create something greater for us. And over and over and over again, that promise almost without fail has been broken. Mm. Um, In part because most people don't know how to care for other people in that way. And so we're expecting them to do something that they've never been taught how to do. They don't know how to do. They don't even know how to do it for themselves, much less someone else. And I think sure. that's the, the the biggest story. And it comes in all forms. It comes in the, you know, I, I thought this man would take care of me. Or I thought mm-hmm. he would value me. I thought that my employer would value me. So now all of a sudden I'm at the end of my Um, my working career and I actually still have nothing. And now I thought this was going to be the time that I was going to retire. And now I don't get to, we saw that with the stock market, the big promises of the stock market, the things we were told we could trust that you work hard, you save money, you put it away and it'll multiply, you know, in a, in a predictable way. Sure. Yeah. There's risks, but they won't happen to you. And instead of going, is that actually true for everything? Is that actually true? So with all of those things, Stephanie was just talking about all it's, it's you're completely stopping awareness of what is actually happening. Like you're not, and the question like truth is this, is this employer going to pay the pension? Is that actually something that's going to be created in the future? And then you can have awareness of yes or no, and then you get more information to work with. Because if you had a job that you loved, but there wasn't going to be a pension involved, what could you start creating then for your future to have the money in your future that would actually work for you if you didn't have that coming in the future? Or if you were with a a man that you wanted to take care of, you'd be like, truth, is this man capable of taking care of me in the way and what I'm looking for? And a yes or a no gives you all this information and then if it's a no, you can say, well, what is he capable of? What is it about him that I truly care about and are enjoying or having mm-hmm. fun with? Would I want to end this relationship just because of this expectation of what I would like to have in a man that he doesn't have the ability to do? Yeah. And he may have abilities that are so much greater and so much more enjoyable right. for you that you can't even see or be aware of because you have the expectation. Expectations always set us up to judge ourselves, to judge the other person, and they never show up the way we think they're going to show up. They could show up greater, but you can't even see that when you're in, when you're stuck in this expectation or this idea that someone has to show up a certain way. Yeah, that's when Stephanie was talking about trust. It's like trusting a person will be who they are and trusting that you will be who you are, not trusting you're going to be something you expect or someone's going to be something that you expect them to be. It's having awareness is really what we're talking about. And then you have choice. 
And you, when you choose things, you get more awareness about everything you're creating too, but it's to be able to change, you know, the choices don't have to stay the same. You can continue to choose the same thing or you can choose something different all the time. And that's what's truly available to us. Yeah. And, you know, isn't it interesting that we forget that, right? Let's talk about what goes on with us where we get to the place where we forget that. You know, one of the, the challenges that I hear quite often, and I'm sure that folks listening can relate to this, is this idea that I have to put my vision and my dream for my life on hold. I have mm-hmm. to put it on hold. I'm not going to be able to go do this and go do that. You know, I have a family. I have an obligation, right? How do I, how do I really balance all of that? So I want to have a conversation now about the obligations and the promises we make to ourselves and what happens when we can't keep them. So now we're like within our own, we're in our own energy field. We're in our own level of consciousness here. And we're having this battle between what we've said yes to in life and what we would have loved to say yes to that we haven't. Well, one of the big things is right there in that moment, um, I, uh, those moments to me are these um, great gigantic post-it notes. They're messages to ourselves. It's like you, when anytime you run into one of those moments where you go, well, I wanted this in my life. But now I'm doing this. I wanted the adventure of this and this, but now I have a family. That's a big post-it note that basically is like, hey, look here. Um, This is somewhere you decided you're not allowed to have both of these at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) This is the place to add a question. Oh, I decided that being a mom meant staying home um, maybe having a part-time job, whatever your definite, your own definition is. Cause we each make, we each have our own stories of what these things are. And we, you know, we've got a bunch of like single dads out there too, doing the same thing. You know, I thought that this was my job. This was my, this is who I was supposed to be. And, um, and so in those moments, when you find that there's a butt in there, that's the moment to go, Ooh, this is ex- an exciting moment. Now in the place where this butt is, I can actually go, Oh, is there a way that I can have all of this and more? Mm -hmm. Because I've already decided that I can't, or I've already decided that that's not what being a mom is, or I've already decided that this isn't what being a wife is, or I've already decided that this isn't what being a good employee is. But what if those ideas in themselves are part of what has me stuck? And if I can actually ask a new question, like you were talking about when Mm -hmm. we were coming back from the break, the inner, you know, the, the, um, the network is down and you go, right. Like that, that moment, it's not a moment to go. I'd like to do a show, but the network is down, right? Like we don't do that. We go, what's it going to take for me to have a show no matter what the network is doing? Exactly. And, And that's exactly what we can do with our families and with our jobs and all of that. Hey, this is a moment where I was looking to what I had to give up, but maybe I don't have to look at what I have to give up to have a life. Maybe I get to look at what else I can add or what else I can create to have all of this and more. Glenna, what do you got? No, exactly. That's it's the question of what else can I add is such a great question um, when you're in that moment of I can't do this and I can't do that or this isn't working. Um, and I, and it's, you know, what else? And then you just, it's a question that you're not answering. It's you're allowing everything around you to start contributing to what that is. And you start to get awareness about what, what you could add to your life that would create more for you, that would be more fun, it would create some more joy in your life and allow everything around you 
start showing you what those might be. You know, it may be that both of the things you were just looking at don't work for you. <laughs> and you're creating something completely different. And your, your life is going to take a completely different turn and open up into a totally different possibility. I had um, a big you, one of these. Oh, sorry, Lena. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you don't necessarily know what this looks like, but you get an energy of what it creates. You get this energy of like looking into what your future is going to be like with these questions that has a lightness to it. And it's following those energies that are light for you, the ones that make you smile. Yeah, go ahead. I love that. Well, the big one, I just had a big example in my own life, and that was um, I had I had a small photography business in Atlanta. And one of the things that I thought was that you had to build, I knew that I wanted a world to be, you know, shooting around the world and have a yeah. different kind of business. But I had, I had heard everything everyone had always told me was that you had to build in where you were. You had to build small before you yes. built big. Yes. And Me what I too. found and what I found out is that's not true. <laughs> that didn't work for me. I ended up with a worldwide business way before like it started I started catching on to the same way, you know, to that degree in Atlanta. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, who knew that this is absolutely backwards. Nobody led onto that." And I was holding myself to that. So I wouldn't let myself, my business grow beyond the borders of Atlanta until I asked a new question was like, oh, is this true at all? Where would, what would I like to build my business as? Who could I reach out to? Who could I be talking to? Who could I show my work to? And, and that was a completely different moment because then I didn't say, oh, my business isn't big enough because here's what we do. We go, oh, well, my business isn't big enough here for me to reach out to anybody. Well, who's going to hire me, right? Which isn't really a question, who who will hire me? That's a real question. I wonder who'd hire me. <laughs> when, I, when you ask it like, well, who's going to hire me? There's this other sentence that's lying behind it that is the expectation that you're going to fail. Nobody would hire me. And so yeah. those are the sneaky things hiding behind other questions. <laughs> Who'd hire exactly. Me? Yeah, <laughs> instead of an really excited, yeah. yeah, an adventure. <laughs> well, can, can let me ask a question sure. uh, about how we go about this because you know one of the things that we mentioned earlier in the show, you know, we were talking about this idea of trust, mm -hmm. and it is a word that people are even afraid to use now really afraid to use the word trust. And I, I could tell you that more times than not, um, I've heard folks say, you can't trust anything. You know, trust is this thing that maybe existed once a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then the answer really that comes up next for them is, we live in a very dynamic world and things are always changing. But the word trust is a powerful, powerful wor word. In our society, we have it on our, our, our money, uh, we use it in our political campaigns. Uh, we're looking at it from everything from workplace dysfunction and function. So what is trust in this context? And what do you think about what I said about folks not really wanting to trust very much? Well, trust is it's like having blind faith in something. And uh -huh. trusting that way is cutting yeah. off all your awareness about what's true. There's no question in that. But trusting that someone is, I mean, trusting from awareness is to trust that these things that you're aware of will show up in the way you're aware. People will show up in the way that you are aware of. Like if you, um, 
you know, if someone is chronically late, to trust that, that that's what that person does. That person is going to be late. And you trust that, and then you don't judge them when they're late because you already know that that's how they're going to show up. It's where we trust from unawareness instead of trusting from awareness of what a person is like or what a business is like. And, you know, often when someone says, trust me, you know, a politician says, trust me, I'm going to work for you. Right there in that moment, that's where you ask the question, is that true? Is that person going to actually work for me and do anything they're saying they're going to do? And if it's heavy, they're not. And then you can trust that they lie. And trusting that someone is a liar gives you so much information about that also. Then you don't have to make them wrong when they lie because you're never surprised by it. And they think you actually believe them, but you actually have more awareness than they do because you know they're lying, which actually gives you um, a lot more information in your negotiations with people that are like that. Because if you know someone's a liar, you can trust that they'll show up that way instead of trusting that they would be honest. There was a um, company. Yeah, there was a company just yeah. to as an example of that. There's a company that I knew of that over and over and over again, they were they had a policy of how they would actually treat employees that had been there for 20 years and that they would give them certain you know, certain pension packages, that thing mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier. And over and over again, the people that worked in the business would see that the company found ways almost 100% of the time um, to get rid of the employee before that time ever came. Yeah. And, and if they got rid of them before that time ever came, they were not obligated in any way, shape, or form to fulfill that payment or part of that payment. Right. But what I saw over and over again is that the people that were part of this, um, this company, they had a hope. And this is where we think we're talking about trust. Um, they had this hope that they would be the one in a hundred, that they yeah. would be the 1% that actually didn't get fired. And if they worked hard enough and if they were good enough, that the company would value them. And over and over again, that was untrue. And this is where when you, when you do what Glenna was talking about and you basically go, oh, this is what this company does. You stop making yourself, you stop sort of believing in the romance, which I think is the part that's heartbreaking for people yeah. is the part where they go, well, I can't trust anything um, because it feels like that romance of living where, uh, where you can trust that people have your best interest at heart. That part starts to fade and that at first feels sad, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. then it becomes the adventure of living. Cause now you get to go, Oh, you're almost sleuthing in your own life. You get to go, Oh, so, so far I've never seen anybody make it to this pension. Would I ever make it to this pension? Right. And then, and then you get to go, well, if I wasn't going to make it to the pension, if I wasn't just hoping and dreaming that I would be the one in a hundred, a, would I still work for this company? Am I, am I trying to be honorable to a company that will not be honorable with me? And do I want to choose that anymore? What stories have I made up about honor and trust that have me actually being a slave to a company that will never follow through with their promise to me? <laughs> and, and then you can go, well, I love working here. And you go, well, cool. Well, then I love working here. Now I'm working here as a choice, not an obligation. And now I know that I'm not obligated to stay the 20 years because they won't let me anyway. And so now as this 20 years comes up, is there something else that I would like to choose? Is there something else I would like to add? Do I need to do another job on the side so that I have the money that I was hoping for from this pension? What do I need to do to create my life? Which again, we're talking about how, you know, when every time that we, you know, put our trust in, in something that's not true, how that 
breaks down what we're hoping for for our future and how it creates us as a victim. And what if we never, ever had to be a victim in our lives ever again? What if we got to always be the creator of our life? And then, then even when stuff doesn't go the way we think it will, we still have all the tools and, um, and the, the, I guess the creation, we know that we can create. We then have developed a trust of ourselves and with ourselves that we will create our lives no matter what. Whereas if you're constantly depending on someone else and they fail, they don't follow through. We haven't built that trust with ourselves. All we have at the end of that 20 years is that, is that we trusted someone and that trust failed us. Instead of, no, 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 all, the, all along the way I got to practice. Can I trust this? Is this true? And, and I can trust whenever you get to trust your own knowing. That yeah. is a trust that can never be taken away from you. Yeah. Aren't we really finding that now? Someone said to me, uh, asked me a question not too long ago when I interviewed on another show. They, they thought, you know, Pat, you know, you talk about overcoming obstacles. What do you think the greatest gift has been for the past 10 years? And I said, redefining the, the word empowerment. I said, you know, there's a whole new narrative that's being developed on the word empowerment. And it, and it has to do with putting the word self in front of it. And, and I think that's what you just shared. You know, what you just described way more eloquently than I did is this idea that there is a whole new level uh, of trust that we can develop if we had tools that could help us get there, right? Yeah. 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 And, and that's really, you, you know, the message that I hear from today. But learning the tools is something that's on us. You know, it's up to us to do this. Thank you so much for today. And, you know, the way to do that is to find out more about you, Glenna, and you, Stephanie. Would you mind one more time, please telling folks how they can find out more about each of you. And thank you for today. To find more about me, Glenna, just go to GlennaRice.com. And, and for me? It's stephanierichardson.com. Great. And how about the upcoming classes you, you all are talking about? They can find that on both of our websites, or they can go to Living the Foundation um, and or drglennarice.accessconscious.com will find all of my upcoming classes that I have scheduled. Awesome. Uh, last question. I know we got a, you know about a minute left. Uh, personal message. What would you like to leave us with here today? Thank you so much. I would just like to say to, to trusting that you know what you know is probably one of the greatest gifts to creating a life that works for you. Awesome. Oh, I love it. And I just want to say how grateful I am. This has been a phenomenal show, and I'm super grateful. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And boy, I'll tell you, you two should have been around when I was studying the, the whole promises thing because maybe it wouldn't have taken me eight years to do. <laughs> thank you both i want to thank, thank you everybody. Dr. Pat. Thank you. i know thank you for tuning us in and turning us on everybody benny thank you for pushing all the right buttons and remember as you step out into the world you know what is the question that you might ask today what else is possible here we'll see you next time
preceding audio was via a Skype call.